0: this is Skip Lockwood, and you're listening to Mets Musing. I was a pitcher, a relief pitcher, a closer with the New York Mets. I have a new book out called Inside Pitch, Mets Musing. Thank you very much.
1: This This is is Len and Jeff
0: from Baseball and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and and what's going going down down on the farm. farm. It's It's Mets Musings Musings with Gary Mack. So keep Keep the faith, faith, stay optimistic, optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Uh, Yes, I took the holiday off last week. Had some house guests, it certainly was a nice time, and glad I took it off, I need needed a little uh, get back from the podcast, though I, I need to uh, apologize to everybody that, um, you know, since I retired, it, it's been more confusing, I'm less organized, <laughs> um, and really have not done a lot with the podcast and i do apologize about that um i need to get a little bit more structured a little bit more organized with my time there is always something to do and take care of or just uh uh just having some fun you know but i do apologize to everybody out there because um as I say, I I uh, have been laxed in getting guests, uh, even for the other show that I do. Um, the Baseball Talk Radio Show took the weekend off from that as well. So that will be on this weekend uh, coming up for those that listen to both shows. I am also working on another project, and maybe I've been putting a little too much time into that, uh, getting stuff together. Um, it's not a baseball project. Uh, when I was... Beginning the podcast, I actually started podcasting with a golf podcast, and I am uh, going to uh, uh, resurrect that. The last show that I did on that was four years ago. We're going to pick it right up from there. Um, Don't know what format yet. Uh, It's going to be uh, probably start off uh, as a couple of special editions, maybe Every couple of weeks now, you know, a lot going on in the golf world with the FedEx Cup and uh, the Ryder Cup coming up. So, um, looking to get into that a little bit. So, that's going to uh, uh, take up, uh, it, that's been taking up some of my time. But I'm I, I going to try to get back on the ball this week uh, now that um, the official end of summer. So, it was pretty hot this week, so I don't know how how uh you know whether or not we can still have summer to, we've got a raging storm now and a hurricane possibly next week, so we'll see how that all plays out but um we are getting back to work now with the podcast and getting things together and trying to uh do some uh uh different things so um I've been watching the ball games though, and they are a little bit more watchable. The uh, Metsies had a good road trip. Anytime you can go out to the West Coast and take four out of six, then that's a pretty good. Uh, didn't start off so great, one out of two in Chicago, but then they took four out of six. If I got that right. Uh, five and four on the road trip. Two out of three from the Giants. Two out of three with the Dodgers. Uh, Steven Matz pitched a solid game in uh, one of his starts. Uh, struck out a career-high 11 batters and allowed just one run in seven innings. When the Mets beat the uh, Giants on Saturday, 2-1. to one. Uh, Syndergaard threw a gem. The other day on Getaway Day, I guess that was Sunday. Uh, a two-hitter against the Giants. They went to uh, then they went to L.A. to play the Dodgers in the opener. Uh, Degrom again, no decision, but pitched a gem and um, left losing one to nothing. But uh, Brandon Nemo hit a three-run pinch-hit home run to take that game they then went on to drop the middle game pitched by uh, Vargas no surprise there Uh, but Wheeler took the rubber game with uh, a great outing Uh, he did get hit in the sternum in the chest somewhere Uh, x-rays and cat scans were negative so he'll be sore but he did go seven pitched very well and what can you say about Wheeler this year? I mean, Wheeler has definitely emerged, and the Mets are looking at three solid aces now: de Degrom, and Wheeler. And all the talk about trading Wheeler has got to go out the window now. Got to. You can't touch this kid, unless you get overwhelmed with a deal. And the Mets are getting guys back from being healthy, uh, from <laughs> from being injured. Now they're healthy, and they're playing better ball. It's been about 500 the last couple of weeks. So, I, you know, I know that's not great. People want everything. But it is an indication that if the pitchers can stay healthy, even Mats now. Mats is pitching so well. If they can stay healthy, this team has got a good chance. It's a big if. I know that. And they definitely have some uh, some holes. But, you know, I mean, I- I'm trying to be optimistic and take the high road here and say that there is some positive signs. The emergence of Wheeler. Conforto is starting to hit and feel comfortable again. Maybe the shoulders stronger now. It's the second half of the year. Maybe he was a little tentative the first half of the year. He's getting back down to being the hitter that we know he was. Jeff McNeil looks good and solid at second base. Rosario is relaxed and playing tons better at shortstop. And they could make a nice combination, both offensively and defensively. Now, I know McNeil doesn't have the best range in the world. But what he has is a lot of grit. And a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of Wally Backman in him. He's scrappy. And you've got to admire that. you got to like that. So, um, and he's been hitting. Uh, Brandon Nimmo looks like he can be an everyday player. Now, there is going to be questions. Jay Bruce can Jay Bruce come back after probably the worst offensive season of his career? And you know when the will be back? Will he be healthy next year when he finally gets back? still don't forget he's still got to have an operation on that heel and that's when the six to eight months is going to kick in He still got one more operation left. So these are the things we're looking at for next year and uh, it's not all bad it's not perfect not perfect, but it's not all bad. Even even the catching situation, Plawecki starting. You know he he two for three last night. Can't beat that. Morasco um, is out. Don't know when he's coming back. Neck and back issues. Um, you're gonna sit him a few days. Uh, Nido is up, so uh Nido. So they have Pulwecki and Nito. Uh, though Pulwecki did come out of last night's game, he got hit by a pitch in the eighth. X-rays and a CAT Stingan were clear on that as well. So uh, you know, it, it's it. There, <laughs> I I can only base it on. Uh, what people say, say in here and I don't there's some optimism to be had I feel and we've always tried to keep this as an optimistic show so we're going to keep along that lines and uh, cuz I, I think there's some good things to be had out of this And maybe some, you know, a few good trades here and there. Maybe this team can challenge for a wild card or possibly the division. Don't forget, you have two young teams that are in the division now. That are, uh, have good young players. But, you know, they could flop next year. And Nationals look like they're ready to reboot. So... Who knows what that team's going to look like next year. So the Mets could be in a nice position. But let's not jump ahead. I'm just saying they've been more enjoyable to watch and maybe, you know, they'll make some good decisions in the winter and come back with a strong team. And they have decided to make a few minor changes in the off season in player development with them no longer doing any traditional instruction league in Port St. Lucie. Instead, the Mets will hold a development camp this week for its top prospects, including the likes of Peter Alonso. Andres Jimenez, Ronnie Mauricio, Anthony Kaye, Justin Dunn, David Peterson, and 2018 first round pick, Jared Kellenick. JP Ricciardi, Met's assistant, special assistant to the GM, explained the reasoning behind the change to Tim Healy of Newsday. The purpose is to get them assimilated to what is being in New York is. What it's like to be in New York, the media, what a day looks like at the Major League level, interaction with the Major League staff, hands-on work with the Major League staff. Another part of the Mets' development change is having two shorter instructional camps in Port St. Lucie and now one in the Dominican Republic. In the past, the Mets have had top international prospects like Mauricio and Jimenez come stateside for the instructional league. The change was likely also necessitated by the St. Louis Cardinals and Florida Marlins. Both shared Jupiter Spring facility close proximity to Port St. Lucie, deciding last season to cancel their fall instruction league, giving the Mets only the Astros as a close option for instructional league games. Other teams have recently cut down on the amount of instructional league games they play and also move them until closer to spring training. So seems like the Mets are getting more involved in the development stage. And I think looking at certain players this year, like a Rosario, like some of the other guys that have come up in the past few years and were probably 4A players, but... Maybe, maybe not. Maybe with the right development could have been borderline, more borderline major leaguers or more solid of a major leaguers. Not a star, but at least major leaguers. And um, maybe uh, these are some of the flaws that they're looking at and they're going to replace and and fix. And that's a good thing. So let's uh, let's. Give them uh, credit for that and uh, hope that it works out for the better. All right. Lots of other Mets news, and we'll get to that in a second. But I need a break. Let's take a break (sighs) while I'm talking. And come back. After these messages. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shofta and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their teams. It always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website wwwcardinal 70com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. 5166196341 that is the comment at Musings at gmail.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash Musings, and the twitter handle is at metsmusings1 with all the mets news it is the news from around the world and around the corner here's gary mack all right, I got a trivia question. How many people remember T.J. Rivera? Not many. All right, Mets infielder T.J. Rivera. Remember he had the Tommy John surgery uh, in the offseason. He has been shut down for the remainder of the season. He's missed the whole year. He played in six rehab games this season but has suffered setbacks He underwent the Tommy John surgery last year and sprained his elbow during one of his rehab games this season. He was initially expected to come back in May, but his rehab was pushed back to July. Most recently, the team was hoping that he would be able to return in September. That is uh, out the window he has been shut down the Mets called up Dominic Smith Jack Renheimer Drew Gagnon I'm sure you already know this These, this trio along with Eric Hanhold and Tim Peterson plus the Mets my major league roster puts the Mets major league roster at 29 players with the team having the opportunity to add any other players on the 40-man roster Peter Alonzo to the major league roster I think they had to put Alonzo on the 40-man roster and they don't I don't know. Let's not, let's not discuss that right now. Uh, so uh, those guys are up and with the team. And as I said, Tomas Nido is also with the team now. And uh, we'll probably get some playing time. The uh, And speaking of Dominic Smith, the Toros del Este of the Dominican Winter League announced on Wednesday that the New York Mets' first baseman slash outfielder will play with the team this season. Been a rough season for the 23 year old. Man, I can't talk tonight. In which he started off by getting scratched from spring lineup after showing up late. He then had a quadriceps injury that held him out for most of spring, thus handing the Pets first base job to veteran Adrian Gonzalez. Wow, was that a long time ago? Remember that, Adrian Gonzalez. Holy cow. I even forgot he was with the Mets. Despite starting the season in fantastic shape, he struggled at the plate in triple A most of the season, finishing with a disappointing point seven zero eight OPS in the Pacific Coast League. So Dom Smith going to Winter ball to try to work out whatever. Um And uh, that uh, Dominican Winter League will start on October 13th. So uh, he'll have some downtime, a couple of weeks, and then off you go to a winter ball. And, uh, you know, I wonder if they'll uh, send uh, David Wright to winter ball. Just a thought. But more on that in a sec. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic sat down with Mets first base coach Ruben Amaro Jr. to to discuss his career, both as a GM and a coach. Amaro Jr. revealed that he has expressed interest to ownership about wanting to interview for the GM vacancy this offseason and said they were appreciative of, of his interest the fifty three year old served as the phillies g m from two uh, thousand and eight to two thousand and uh, I got I get cut off here, I don't know, to, what was it, uh, 14 or something, in which his team won a World Series and peered in two. Prior to being hired in that position, tomorrow, Jr. served as the team's assistant GM for 10 years, starting after he retired from playing in 1998. Mickey Calloway's first base coach would certainly represent and be different and an outside-the-box hire, but tomorrow Jr. noted that, that he also has managerial aspirations, and that between the choice of getting a mana, ma, manages <laughs> a manage I'm cracking myself up getting a managed position or a second chance at gm would be split in his view now <sighs> uh, yes. They won a World Series and appeared in another. The Phillies did when he was the GM. They also were ruined for, for a few years uh, because some of the highest the contracts, the Ryan Howard contract, the signing Chase Utley um, and preventing young guys from coming up and then trading some of those young guys to other teams that became stars and uh, left the Phillies in the lurch. They've since be able. They've been able to. The new general manager been able to make some moves to build up the farm system again. And as you see, they have some good rookies. But um, I'm not so sure. I like that move. I want somebody uh, different. He would be different. But uh, I think his nickname was. Uh, they used to call him. Instead of Ruben Amaro Jr., they called him Rune Your Tomorrow Jr. Uh, You can look that up and see if that's accurate, but um, I I don't know. Um, Wow. (laughs) From first base coach to general manager. Well, he went from general manager to first base coach. I guess he can go back the other way again. Uh, Let's see. Uh, David Wright, Mets manager Mickey Calloway, told reporters that the Mets are currently evaluating David Wright on a day-to-day basis. If you remember, the last time we were together, he was playing in some rehab games. Minor league seasons are over. So there's nowhere to go for Wright. Uh, but to play here, he rejoined the team in San Francisco. Uh, he has been doing baseball activities. But we'll have to see. The goal has always been to make it back to the big leagues. Right, said I'm confident that will happen after I show the coaching staff and the front office that I can go through these workouts and that I can do some of the things they're asking of me. When that happens for me, it will be a very fulfilling feeling. Um, I still think he should retire. And uh, after the the, the fact that he uh, has played in some rehab games, it's obvious that he can go play. And so I think you have him play. Maybe that's the whole plan. Um, Maybe they'll have the last weekend of the season will be the David Wright Retirement Weekend. I uh, would like to see him go on a retirement tour, maybe in September with the time that's left. Put him on a roster, let him play, let him pinch hit and see what the heck can happen. According to Mike Poomer of the New York Post, Jay Bruce says he will seek out Keith Hernandez when the Mets return home to discuss first base. Keith is not currently with the Mets in L.A., but he says he will be readily available and is looking forward to offering assistance with Bruce at first. During his playing career, Hernandez took home 11 Gold Glove awards for his stellar defense at first base. Bruce, 31, is two years and (laughs) $26.00. I think I'd pay him out if that was it. Twenty six million left on his contract in two thousand and eighteen. He's battled his fair share of injuries and is enduring one of the worst seasons of his career. One of the worst seasons for anybody's career. Uh, I'm not going to get into the stats. They're too um, too depressing. With four home runs, that's all he's got. I I did not look at his a nineteen RBI. Let's play him 26, 13 million to hit 218 with four home runs and 19 RBIs. Um, Look, uh, I I didn't like the Bruce trade to begin with, but, uh, you know, you you, you had to feel that they had to make the signing. Both. From the fans' point of view and from uh, just a, a business point of view. It didn't work out. That's what happens. That's what happens. These things don't always work out. But I maintain that they should have shut him down early in spring training. When he was injured, he should have been shut down for the length of time he was during the season. He could have worked, got healed up and came back maybe in May or even June. And I think this is part of the problem with the Mets. These guys get injured, and sometimes they, you know, I get it. He, he got the big contract. You want him out in the field. He wants to be out on the field. Yeah, I get it. Believe me, I understand. But the fact of the matter was, had they shut him down, same thing with Cespedes. If they knew that this these injuries were coming from the heel, he should have had the surgery in February or March or April, even. Then he would have been ready for next year, but no, they tried to play; it didn't work. They went. They tried to rest. They tried to come back. No, get the surgery, Sapphides. Now he's going to miss, he missed practically this whole year. And now he's going to miss a good chunk of next year. When, if they had done the surgery, if they knew that those uh, bone spurs were going to be a problem, they should have did the surgery, and we should have done it in the winter maybe. And he could have been, you know, relatively healthy by, now, by September at least. Or he could have missed this year and come back next year. Now he's going to come back God knows when next year, if at all, and be older. Same thing with Bruce. Bruce had to plant off fasciitis in, in spring training. And I think that that led to other problems. Had they rested it and taken care of it the way they did now, instead of trying to get... And I, again, I understand. He signed a big contract. He wants to show uh, that he's worthy of a contract. He wants to produce. But he didn't produce. Didn't produce. So I'm I'm looking and hoping for a big year next year out of him. Problem is, where is he going to play? If you play him at first, you hold back Alonzo and Smith. If you play him in right field and Cespedes comes back, then one of Nimmo Nimmo or whoever, if they keep Austin Jackson or sign another center fielder or whoever is going to get bumped. Now, I don't think they have anybody in the minors that is a knocking on the door as a center fielder um, to take the job. So there is that. They're going to have to go, if they wish, they have to go out of the organization or they have to go and, and sign Austin Jackson, who's done a nice job here. But that's that's what they're gonna have to do if if they want to do that. Um, I've got too many corner outfielders and no center fielders. Well, okay, Juan Lagaris is gonna come back, but do you trust Juan Lagaris to stay healthy? I certainly don't. I certainly don't. The guy was showing strides this early this season, hitting the ball the, the opposite way and everything, and he gets hurt again. I I don't get it, uh, you know. Uh, so they're going to have to either sign a free agent, and look, it may be another Jay Bruce. It may not work out. They'll go on uh, the scrap heap, as they usually do, and, and see what's available. I mean, look at the other free agents signing this year, Anthony Swarzak. They're going to reevaluate him to see if he can return to the team from the DL. He recently pitched in a minor league rehab game on September 3rd where he struck out two of the three batters he faced in a perfect inning. But he's been out since August 5th with right shoulder inflammation. And he was out early earlier than that. And struggled all year. So that was a bomb of a signing too. But you can't, as a fan base, we can't bitch and complain that they're not spending money when they spend it and it doesn't work out, you say, see, no, see what they did what you wanted. Yes, they didn't sign the top guy granted, but don't forget when they signed Bruce, Bruce was one of the top free agents to get signed. A lot of guys didn't get signed. Now speaking of free agents for next year, there was a story out that should the Mets sign Daniel Murphy, and if you want to send me an email on that or a voicemail with your opinion, please do. But I'll tell you right now, my answer would be no. Where are you going to play him? If you put him in first base, you're going to block against somebody. If you put him at second, is he better at Jeff McNeil? Yeah, probably he is, yeah, right now. But is he going to be next year? We don't know. And I was always a Daniel Murphy fan, and I think they did him wrong. They did the same thing that they did to Duda and so many other guys playing them out of position to try to get their bats in the lineup, and they set them back. And then you see he got comfortable at second. Murphy had a big year. Um, he played first the one year, got comfortable at first base, and had a big year. So, you know, you got to leave these guys alone. And by the way, he worked with Hernandez as well as Lucas Duda, so it's not a, an oddball thing that Hernandez is going to. Work uh, with a first baseman for the Mets, so. Um, but you know, um, I, we're totally off the track here now. <laughs> Let me w- know what you think about signing uh, Daniel Murphy next year. I don't, I don't think it's one that should be uh, done. Uh, I understand that he kills the Mets, but um, you know what? He might sign with an American League team, and we don't have to worry about it. All right, let's take another quick break. And come back after these messages. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball, and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ, Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets musings and other great baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. Six, six, that is the comment, voicemail, hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show. And drop us a line, leave us a comment or a voicemail, question, anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer... To do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. All right, we're back, and it's time to go probably for one of the last times. Um, We'll have to see what information comes out, but it's time to go down on the farm. (laughs) And uh, going down on the farm, as I said, most of the minor leagues have concluded, if not all. um, And uh, in Las Vegas, Peter Alonso connected with a Tyler B. pitch left no doubt about where the ball was headed. He walked a couple of steps to his Mario shot and whipped his helmet off as he ran the third bait. As he reached home plate, teammate Matt Dendek agreed him with a red Gatorade shower before the rest of his teammates mobbed him with a walk-off a two-run blast that carried far past the left field wall. Alonso marked the end of baseball at Cashman Field. An announced crowd of 5,353 fans watched the 51s close three chapters of their history with a 4-3 win over Sacramento on Monday. The number 2 Mets prospect shut off the lights of Cashman Field with his 36th Dinger of the Year, which tied him for the minor league lead in long balls with Class A advanced Daytona's Ibandel Isabel. It marked the latest milestone in a season of milestones for Alonzo, who is the first player in professional baseball to reach 100 RBI on August 9th, and the 23-year-old closed the organization's tenure in Vegas with a bang. The Mets will move their AAA affiliate to Syracuse next season. The 51s were part of nearly 300 roster moves. 300 roster moves, resulting from Mets injuries, 51 injuries, trades, and call-ups. Three players, Andrew Church, Aaron Laffey, and Johnny Manel, called it a career. So all that 300 roster moves this year, uh, Las Vegas uh, 51s were involved in, So they are no longer, I guess they're no longer now, the Mets uh, AAA, Affiliate, they're going to Syracuse next year. Cashman Field is going to be no more. So I don't know if they're going to convert it, but the Las Vegas team will be moving to a new stadium next year. And they're going to get a new name. They're not going to be the 51s anymore. So three things all ended on uh, that... That night when Alonzo hit that ball in to the night air of Las Vegas and closed out the Mets chapter in history with the Las Vegas 51s. It also closed out the 51s chapter with Las Vegas, the name, the 51s, and Cashman Field, which will be um, I I think I read they might turn it into some sort of um, uh, maybe a soccer field or something, uh, or who knows, they might end up tearing it down. It's been pretty bad, they said, and uh, who knows what they'll do. Uh, But that was the end of the Cyclone Seasons. L.A. Woodard Walked with the bases loaded in the tenth inning, giving the Brooklyn Cyclones, the short season Class A affiliate of the Mets, a 5-4 walk-off victory against the Staten Island Yankees on Monday afternoon in the season finale at MCU Park. Unfortunately, Auburn won the Auburn Double Days, won earlier in the day against the Batavia Monk Dogs and eliminated the Cyclones from the wild card. They, they had to win the Cyclones and had to have Batavia beat Auburn. It was, went down to the last game of the season, um, but it was not to be. The Cyclones finished with a league-leading attendance mark of 2,497, an increase of 15,642 from last season. It's the 18th consecutive season. The Cyclones have led the New York Penn League in attendance. Brooklyn finished the 2018 season 40-35, and 35, collecting its first winning season since 2014. Ross Adolph tripled again Monday, collecting his 12th three-bagger of the season. Adolph tied the Cyclones' season single-season record set by Daryl Cicilline. Cicilliani, he was up a couple years ago, with the Mets, 2010. So congratulations to the Cyclones. Had a winning season after three losing seasons, but just fell, oh boy, just fell at one game short of uh, making it into the playoffs. So um, those playoffs are going on now, Hudson Valley and um, um, who are they playing? Auburn. Tri City and Mahoney Valley are playing one another. Hudson Valley and Tri City won their first games. Um, second games may in trouble because of the weather. We'll have to see. St. Lucie Met Southpaw. David Peterson was named the Florida State League's Player of the Week. Across all minor league affiliates, he's the fifth Met to earn that distinction this week. On Saturday, Peterson twirled another terrific start, pitching five shutout innings. More impressively, he struck out nine batters and didn't issue a walk. He only permitted two hits, which marked the fourth consecutive start he's hit that goal. Outstanding starts have recently been the norm for the Mets' 2017 first rounder. His final four outings of the year were nothing short of dominant. After initially struggling upon reaching the FSL, there were concerns that he wasn't ready Yet for the level, however, he made the necessary adjustments and the results were spectacular. Dating back to early August, he hasn't allowed an earned run while collecting 26 strikeouts. It is now entirely possible he could debut in Binghamton at the beginning of 2019. Yesterday, he was named MLB.com's Prospect Team of the Week. That doesn't make sense. Oh, he was named to MLB.com's Prospect Team of the Week. Peterson was the third St. Louis meant to receive Player of the Week honors this season. Teammates Josh Provost and Luis Carpio were previously given the awards back-to-back week's. June. So congratulations to David Peterson ending the season on a high note and we will end this show on a high note. I'm sorry I misread so many names and misread uh, stumbled over my own tongue Uh, but we'll try to do better next week. Mets come home tomorrow night. Three games with the Philadelphia Phillies. Four with the Miami Marlins. Uh, So we'll have a report on those games next week Right here. The same bat time, same bat channel. So have a good week, everybody. And I'll rest my tongue and try to get it working by next week. Until then, remember the to keep the faith. Stay optimistic. And let's go Mets. Have a great day.